Hello, and welcome to this podcast. Uh, This is Reverend Mary Ellen Swartz. I'm an ordained unity minister. And this is the beginning of a series based on a very popular little book that's been around for many, many years, The Game of Life and How to Play It by Florence Scoble Shin. Now, this is not a new book at all. In fact, it was written uh, back in the early 1900s. And yet, it's this classic is has touched literally millions of lives around the world. Not just then, but it continues to do so. Because it teaches the, po- the power of thought. She teaches how our thoughts and words affect the experiences that we have in our daily lives. And she uses examples to actually explain how using the power of our thoughts in a positive way can have the kind of effects that we deserve. This book really is about empowering ourselves to create the kind of life that we desire and that we deserve. And it's a a wonderful, simple uh, book that gives gives the tool, really, that anyone, no matter what age, uh, can use and to get a sense of empowerment in, in their own lives. And so the game of life, uh, uh, this will be the first part, which is called the game of life. And then uh, the second will have the law of prosperity. The third, the power of words, the law of non-resistance, the law of karma, and finally the law of forgiveness. She also teaches the power of affirmations and listening to our intuition for guidance and learning to use our words in the most positive way. So if you're new to this book, uh, I encourage you to get your own copy. You you can actually download free uh, a copy of the book if you go to truthunity.com. There are probably other places, but I'm very aware of truthunity.com, which is uh, uh, supported by one of our friends, uh, Mark Hicks, and uh, he's done a wonderful job. This is a wonderful resource, by the way. Keep that in mind, truthunity.com. If you know the book, you've studied it, you've read it, uh, then you know what a positive influence that it can be. So this will be just a refresher for you. In any event, I think that this will be a wonderful experience together. So Florence Scoble Shin, I'm not going to talk a lot about her and her life, but basically what, what how she has affected our lives was um, after she, she was um, uh, uh, yeah, an illustrator for children's books and magazines. And, um, uh, and and her husband, after 14 years, there was a divorce. And that's when her second career, first career was the illustrator. 
for children's magazines and books. But the second career was when she actually began writing. And it started because she had uh, questioned organized religion from early in her life. But as I said, it wasn't until after the end of her marriage that she began to seriously pursue the study of metaphysics and new thought and including the teachings of unity, which of course is what where I come from. But as a result of putting into practice the teachings that she'd been studying, she began then sharing what she learned with others and became a teacher and a lecturer of some note. And then this led eventually to her writing the manuscript for her first book, The Game of Life and How to Play It. So she actually, her name is right up there with James Allen, the author of As a Man Thinketh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote Think and Grow Rich, and, and so many other books. But her name is right up there with them. So you'll find her book easy to read and containing practical and workable tools. But the one thing I think we want to keep in mind that just because something is easy to read does not mean that it is lacking in depth. Just because something was written years ago does not mean that it is outdated for us today. So, the game of life and how to play it. The dictionary defines game as a form of play or sport, especially a competitive uh, game, and that there are rules. And playing, knowing the rules is important uh, in playing the game, but also in winning with the game. So, the game of life, like any other game, is one that we need to know the rules in order to win. But it's not a game of competition with someone else. It's only competition with our own selves. Many people view life as a, a battle. A battle that involves constantly pushing and struggling and fighting to try to get the good we want and then not only get it, but then defend it and keep it and so on. And it usually involves a, a lot of fear. Fear that there's only so much good and uh, fear that someone else can take ours. Well, when we learn to see life as a game, we begin focusing more on knowing and working with the rules of the game so that we can experience the health, the abundance, the love, the perfect self-expression, all of which we desire and which we deserve. So, if life is a game, what are the rules? Basically, the first rule, I guess we'd say, is to know that the game of life is a game of boomerangs. What we send out comes back to us, and it comes back with accuracy. Life is a game of giving and receiving. 
what we sow, we reap. And that there's always a balance in life. It's always in balance. And most of us have heard this before, probably many times before. If we are familiar with scripture, we know that Jesus talked about giving and receiving and how they're in balance and how what we sow, we reap. We've, we've heard it said in many different ways. But knowing about this and knowing it can be two different things. Knowing about something isn't enough. So knowledge is not power. Knowledge put into action is what empowers us. So knowing the truth or knowing the rules of the game isn't enough. The results we desire come from putting what we know into practice. And this cannot be emphasized too much or too often. We say in many different ways, it works if we work it. If we don't work it, of course, it doesn't work. If we're going to learn to play the game of life successfully, we must learn to train our imagination, our imaging faculty. We sometimes refer to this as the scissors of the mind. Many people are ignorant of the way their mind works. And so they let their imagination run wild, picturing the worst case scenario, the worst outcome. And they don't realize that what we put our attention on grows within our thinking and feeling and beliefs. So this can be challenging because we get so practiced at putting our attention on what we don't want watching the news. Don't we see what we don't want? And then our attention goes there and as we say, where our attention goes, that's where energy flows. So we've gotten really good at thinking about what we don't want to have in our lives. We've gotten really good at what we don't want to happen. And it's almost as if, and stay with me here, it's to see how faulty this is. It's almost as if we put our attention on what we don't want, then the opposite is going to somehow magically happen. We put our focus on what we don't want, and then magically we get what we do want. Does that make sense? You know, that's not how life works. I mean, we can see it in nature. You don't plant corn and magically uh, expect carrots. And thinking about what we don't want is not going to magically bring us what we do want. So the rules of the game of life include holding in consciousness or holding in our thoughts and feelings and mentally picturing what we do want, not what we don't want. It's using our imagining power to sort of like mentally cut pictures of what we want. 
those who know the power of the imagination will choose wisely what they picture, what they image, what they hold in their thoughts, what they give their energy to. Imagination can be used either way. It's up to us to give it direction. We can use it for focusing on what we do want or what we don't want. Imagination just does what we tell it to. We're working with three departments of mind, three main departments, I guess you'd say. We have the subconscious, the conscious, and the superconscious. The subconscious is the storehouse of our feelings and memories. The conscious is the level where we observe the facts of life, the appearances, what we see here. The superconscious could really be called that God mind within us, that realm of perfect ideas, or we could call it the kingdom within. Jesus taught, seek first the kingdom and its righteousness and all else will be added. And what I believe this means as well is that when we practice seeking within to that God mind within us, that higher consciousness, the Christ within, you can call it by different names. When we practice seeking within for wisdom, for answers, for the peace that we desire, then we begin to win at the game of life. The game of life also teaches us the law of substitution. What is it? The law of substitution is about substituting the divine idea in place of our human concept, our limited human concept. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that what we desire is something or someone. In other words, if only we could get that car, that house, that job, that person, then we would feel happy. We would feel secure. The truth is, what our soul desires is to know the divine idea behind the, the human desire. So the law of substitution is to substitute our lesser thought of what's good for us to the true desire that is already within our God self, our higher self. There is that in us that knows our higher good and knows what will truly satisfy it. I sometimes think in in the example of someone saying they want a certain car. What they really want is they want the freedom to travel, the freedom to transport, to be where they want to be. So it is not so much a car they want, but what the car represents. In the, in the uh, book, Game of Life, uh, Mrs. Shin uh, spoke of a woman who was infatuated with a man who didn't treat her well. And when asked to speak the word that she would marry a certain man, asked, she asked Mrs. Shin to affirm that with her. She told her that that would violate spiritual law. 
that what the woman should do is speak the word for the divine selection, the one who belonged in her life by divine right. See, what we want is what matches the divine design within us, our divine ideal. We don't want to waste our energy on things that have nothing to do with the longing of our soul to know who we are. Right words and right thoughts bring about the kind of results that we desire and deserve. There's a scripture that says, by your words, you are justified or condemned. It isn't that God is justifying or condemning us because of the words we speak or the thoughts we think. But it is that the game of life, being a game of boomerangs, will bring that back to us. It's very important for us to realize that the subconscious, it can be likened to like a silent listener. It hears and records what we think and say, and it stores it. It doesn't understand jokes. Uh, it just stores it. So we want to learn to play the game knowing that what we think and say are powerful, that these are powerful things, and know that the words I am are the most powerful words that any of us can speak. So only follow I am with what's positive. Only follow I am with that which speaks of the good you desire, wholeness, happiness, peace, abundance. I am. Claim that. Identify with that. I think about I am as being my identity, my God identity. And so I want to follow I am with the most powerful words, positive words that I can uh, think of and use. Another thing that's important in winning in the game of life is never violate a hunch. In other words, it's important for us to practice following our intuition, our inner knowing. Many times we ask for wisdom and guidance and then we don't acknowledge it when it comes because it may come to us in a very quiet sort of way, as an inner feeling, as a hunch. And then we may think, well, it, it's not a real answer. And so we push it away. Never push away what, when you have asked for wisdom and guidance, when it comes to you, it, it, it knocks on the door and maybe in a silent, quiet way. Sometimes, if we try to ignore it, it gets a little more insistent. But listen. Listen to your intuition. Listen to your inner knowing. There is a, a, a deeper self of you that has the answers, that has the, all the wisdom, all the knowledge, and it's tuning into it that is important. What is the object? of the game of life. 
Really, the object is to manifest the perfection that's within us. The object of the game of life is to manifest the divine pattern that's already within us. It's not trying to become something that we aren't already. It is manifesting the divine that's already within us that is about the health, the supply, the love, the perfect self-expression. This is, this is what the game is about. See, we live in a universe of abundant good, but we have to claim it. If we don't claim it, it's there, but it doesn't do us any good. So we have to claim it. We have to know we deserve it. And then be aware of and release any old beliefs or memories to the contrary. We have to know what our divine self knows. That nothing is too good to be true for us. Nothing is too wonderful to happen. And nothing is too good to last. Remember, because we are one with God, then only that which is true of God is true of us. And one of the ways that we can impress this upon our subconscious is with affirmations and words of truth. In the book, this is a great reminder that's given. And speak the affirmation and hold the thought frequently. Nothing is too good to be true. I want to pause a moment and invite you to put your name in there. Nothing is too good to be true for me. Nothing is too wonderful to happen in my life. Nothing is too good to last. And then hold this deep, deep truth. Only that which is true of God is true of me, for I and God are one. Only that which is true of God is true of me, for I and God are one. Bless you as you take in these reminders because there's a part of you that already knows these things. As you take it in, meditate on it, tune in to that wisdom within to be that which you already are, to express that divine design that is already within. You are a divine original and you deserve the best the best that life has to offer. Love, peace, joy, fulfillment in every possible way. You deserve it, no matter what your past, no matter what anyone else has said. You deserve it because it is the truth about you. So, God bless you. I trust that you will come back again to listen to the other lessons in this series and enjoy life as it's meant to be enjoyed. God bless you. Bye for now.